creative. Relating to or involving the imagination or original ideas, especially in the production of an artistic work. Of a person having good imagination or original ideas. Inventive, imaginative, innovative, experimental, original, expressive, inspired, visionary, enterprising, and resourceful. This week we're talking about creativity, the passion and the struggle behind our creative endeavors, the fears of how it'll be received, the dangers of creative complacency, and God's lack of a plan for our lives. Yeah, I know that sounds weird, but this is life-changing information. It's going to be good. Let's get right to it. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern-day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. This is episode four, and today we are talking about creativity. This is a topic that just about drives me up the freaking wall because I feel like everything I do is based around creativity, and there's a lot of emotions when you're putting a lot of hard work into things you care about. So we're going to dive into the topic of creativity, talking about... I guess, what sparks creativity, what just drives you nuts when you're in the process of being creative, and uh, about people's reception toward what you create. Uh, I think that God created us to be creative, and so I think this is going to be a great topic because I think it's not only near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, but it's also near and dear to God himself. But before we get into that, I just want to give a quick reminder that at the end of this episode, we have an ad for Cedar Temple Trade Company. They're today's sponsor for our show, and they have an awesome discount code for you, so be sure to hang around after the show and grab that. Well, let's just dive right off into this. Elaine, tell me a little bit about your creative process, and tell me a little bit about what you create. Well, I write for my blog at theprodigaldaughter.com. And my creative process just kind of comes in waves. Okay. I Sometimes I feel more creative after I've had uh, a coffee from Starbucks, after I've been sitting at a coffee shop, um, just being out around people, but also through introspection, um, whenever I'm just sitting at my desk or just sitting alone, just thinking about life and my current situations and just what God is, you know, kind of bringing to my attention or even in nature through hiking and or being at the beach like I just it sparks creativity but I can't really say like every day at eight in the morning I have my first cup of coffee and I'm just creative like it just kind of it's kind of sporadic yeah I know with me I have a lot of different things that I work on and so things kind of come in inspirational bursts and so right this second I may be really into working on music and then maybe you know a couple hours later I'm really in the mood to work on editing podcasts or maybe I'm needing to do some development or design 
And sometimes I really just need to sit it down and get outside and get away for a bit. And like, there's nothing creative there at all. And it's just like this block. Um, and so I, I can't really fit to a very traditional schedule when it comes to doing and being creative. I think sometimes creativity even sparks through watching a movie or listening to music. Like just random. Sometimes I uh, feel creative or even inspired shopping at Walmart. Like it just randomly comes. I can't say that happens for me a lot. <laughs> I mean, I it doesn't have to be all the time, but I have like been inspired and to create stuff while I'm at Walmart. Music is one of those things that will spark creativity in me if I'm listening to it, but I can't necessarily listen to a lot of music while I'm creating something because when I'm in the process of working on something, it gets very difficult for me to focus because I'm so like, I guess, inclined to try to try to focus on music that whenever I start listening to it, uh, I just completely forget what I'm working on. And I just start listening to Get the music. In. Yeah, so I can listen to instrumental stuff when I work, but I can't really listen to uh, anything with vocals all that much. So, and I guess a lot of the creative things we're doing right now actually require me to listen in general. So I don't even get to listen to music. But I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some frustrations behind creativity. And how it can seem like you fight so hard to do something. And between being afraid of how people are going to take it up through trying to figure out how to actually get it out there for people, it gets very difficult. And so a little bit about where I'm at right now. I'm in the process of doing a bunch of creative endeavors. I've had a lot of major life changes. I've had a lot of experiences come forth my way this year where I've had to, I guess, be a little more assertive and a little more maybe even abrasive. And I've just had to be very, it's just, it's been a changing season for me in, in life. And I've changed uh, in a way, I've changed a bit of my career path. I've changed just some family dynamic stuff around. There's just been a lot going on. And so creativity has just started flowing back into me. It's kind of like I finally busted this dam that was holding back creativity in my life. And it feels good. It feels amazing to be able to have all of this inspiration again. But sometimes it can be very overwhelming because... Or scary. Yeah, it can be yeah, that too. Because I can sit here and work and work and work on something. But then I start having this phobia of well what's gonna happen when I finish you know is anyone gonna care at all that I've done this is this just gonna sit here on the shelf looking pretty because you know my ultimate desire I don't you know money's not what I chase uh, the American dream is not what I chase um, what I just I desire to be able to offer something to someone that can help them in some kind of way whether that be when they're in a position in life when they need inspiration or motivation or they just need something to give them a pick me up through the day you know there's just that's my goal in life is to be able to give someone something to help them and when i think about my music it's so hard to think like this day and age you know i have no desire to go on these massive tours i i just don't i don't have a desire to uh to be signed by some big record label or anything like that. But I do have a desire for people to hear my music because I'm putting a lot of effort into it. 
And I posted a video of a song that I've been working on and it had 327 views. And that's like a ton for me because like I, I don't do social media very much. And so for me to get that many views on it was amazing. But then I start questioning, well, is anyone ever going to really care once it's released? Is this going to bring anything or is this all just because people know me? And I guess maybe in a sense that's part of it is creativity is an extension of you and that's a good thing. I don't know. I just I have a lot of emotions about thing right, things right now because I feel like I'm pouring my heart out into a lot of areas and I really just I don't know if anyone's going to care. And that's a, it's a weird thought, but it, it just reminds me of how we were talking in our episode on social media about how being content, if you had, if I had 327 people sitting in a room listening to something that I produced, I would feel extremely happy about that. Like I would be overjoyed that I got to be in front of that many people and then when it's online, it just seems like nothing. It seems so little compared to, I guess, because there's that lack of interaction. And and so you put something out there, and it just it's like you can't see the fruit of labor behind it. And that's a hard thing to try to get over. So as people creating, how do you think we can get past the barrier of, I guess, like the self-doubt and the fear that people aren't going to receive what you're doing. Well, ultimately, bringing it back to a Christian's perspective, you know, we're supposed to sow seeds. And a lot of times we don't see the fruit of that labor. But that doesn't mean that one, we shouldn't have done that. Or that two, like those seeds aren't being planted. Like just because you don't see 327 different people commenting and liking your stuff and sharing your stuff doesn't mean that it isn't making an impact. And I think sometimes we just have to get over that fear and just say like, this I this is going to reach somebody, even if it's just one person, as well as I had this idea and these thoughts and I created it into existence. And sometimes like, it's just for you and throwing it out there. And if anybody, regardless if anybody hears it or sees it or moves anyone like, you had that God that God gave that to you. You let it out there, and your next move is just to create the next thing. And I, I agree. I think it's important to realize that God takes our creative endeavors seriously, whether it be a form of art or craft. So anything from painting and music and podcasting, uh, all the way through uh, building and construction and and whittling and everything, you know, it says, I have it here in Exodus 36, uh, verses 30 through 33. It's talking about the building of the tabernacle. And it says, then Moses said to the people of Israel, see, the Lord has called by name Basilel, the son of Uri, son of Hur in the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God, talking about the Holy Spirit, basically. And he has filled him with the spirit of God, capital S, capital G, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood for every, for, uh, excuse me, for work in every skilled craft. And so quite literally, the Holy Spirit 
according to the Bible, according to Exodus, when they were building the temple that was for God himself, uh, the Holy Spirit filled this person with the intelligence and knowledge to be a craftsman. And so uh, crafting is near and dear to God's heart. We were created in the image of Christ. You know, it says in Ephesians 2.10, uh, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Uh, you know, so we are literally God's workmanship. You know, God crafted us. You know, in Genesis, he li quite literally with his hands, brought forth mankind, brought forth creation. And so if we're created in his image, it's natural the offspring of a creator would be endowed to create. And so I think that it's hard for a lot of people who do create, who go on creative en uh, endeavors, because they hold it so close to their heart. And in, in reality, I mean, if you think of it this way, it's the same way that God holds us close to his heart, because we are his creation. The same way he holds... Uh, you know, creation close to his heart because it's his artwork, it's his expression into the into existence, uh, in the same way that we express what we have into existence. I think that's why, you know, I guess in a sense, my angst I have right now for just frustration and just this like lightning under my skin that I have almost because so much that I that I want to do and it just takes so long to do it, in a sense, is probably the same way God feels a lot of times. You know, there's, it's it's the same way that he feels for me on my behalf because those things are inspired by God. The things I want to do are inspired by him. And the same way with your blog, Elaine, it's inspired, like how you get that the stirring to go and write and to go and do, you know, those things are inspired by God because God is our inspiration. And it even says in Exodus how the Spirit of God himself came in and gave the intelligence, knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to to devise artistic designs and to work. You know, God won't give us these thoughts and ideas to create something, whatever it is. Um, and that's our job to create that. Right. But our job isn't to worry about if somebody will see it or not, or if somebody will get something from that. That's God's job. Right. Like, we are not meant to worry if we are making an impact, as long as we are, quote, making an impact, as long as we are doing our job, God will take care of the rest of it. Basically, what you're saying, as long as uh, we work wholeheartedly, then God will use that for his for His being, for his usage. You know, and it says that right there, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartedly, as for the Lord, not for men. So, I mean, God is going to use what we do and I think it's hard because, you know, anyone who's creative wants people to see their work. You know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I can spend so long and there comes a point when I just have to stick it out there because I'm scared. But uh, the reason I want to make it perfect is because I don't want to get ridiculed, but I want people to see what I do. You know, honestly, I, I don't sit here working on music and, you know, we don't sit here and record this podcast and you don't sit there writing and everything just to just to stick it away. You know, it's there for a reason. It's it's part of you. You really have to ask yourself and, and, you know, think long and hard. Where you're at right now, would you be where you are without having been through 
done, experienced what you've been through. It's an interesting thing. I don't believe God has a plan for your life. He, he doesn't. There, God doesn't have a plan for your life. But he does have a purpose for your life. And so the difference in that, you know, in my mind, a plan is a strategy. You know, I plan to leave my house, to go to the store, to buy everything on this list, to get home, and to put it up. That's a plan. But along the way, something could happen where you're not able to make it to the store. Maybe your car breaks down. Maybe you get a phone call and you have to go tend to a family member. You know, other things can happen. Maybe you get there in the stores under renovation. That happened to us, actually, one time because we were trying to go to Kroger and the store was under renovation. We, have to, we had to go to a different Kroger. And uh, so our plans, you know, I don't think God has a plan for our lives. You know, he doesn't have this little blueprint. And if we step out of line from that blueprint, we're, we're damned. You well, know, I I, think God doesn't have that. One, life isn't cookie cutter right like it's not perfect like you're gonna have like you're gonna be off track sometimes and you know go outside of the plan that you think you have for your life in proverbs 3 5 and 6 super popular bible verse but certain translations uh say this one way and certain translations say it the other way i guess i'm gonna tell the version that i i ascribe to and i think actually a lot of the translations have corrected to this this translation but it's Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Some of them used to say, make your path straight. I don't think God's going to make anyone's path straight. I don't think I don't think that humans could possibly... <laughs> we wouldn't do it. You know, we're too stubborn. If we had a straight path, you know, you could see everything before it got to you. And it would just be a train wreck because we would try to manipulate everything along the way. But having a crooked road that you have to traverse uh, gives you blind spots and you have to walk by faith. You know, you have to be directed. You know, think of like in-car GPS. You have to be directed around the twists and turns to make sure you're going the right way. And if you're lost, it's going to reroute. You know, he's going to get you to your destination one way or another as long as you're attempting to follow him. And so that's why I say I don't believe that God has a plan. He has a purpose. A purpose is something that it doesn't matter if plan A, B, C, D, E, and F fail. Plan G is always there. Whatever door we take along the way, we don't have to sit here and agonize, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Because whatever door you walk through, God is going to keep leading you to where to your final destination, you know, to, to what he has for you, to the purpose he has for your life. You know, you're not going to escape God's purpose so long as you are attempting to walk in his purpose. But God doesn't have a plan. It's kind of the whole thing of, man, it used to be, this is a popular thing that I heard in youth growing up and in churches growing up. And you know, tell me if you ever heard this. Uh, you know, I'm just praying that God shows me which door to take. I just, I don't know what opportunity to take. I used I'm, to pray that. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think we a lot of us did. Just praying like, God, please just open the door. Send me a shooting star. Show me exactly which door to go through and which opportunity to take. And I'm, I'm kind of convinced now that if I decided to take none of the doors and jump out the window, God's going to be like, yep, that's what I wanted. Because he doesn't care. 
because I'm doing it. I'm like, hey, God, I don't know which one to do. Uh, if you think about it, in Acts, whenever um, they were replacing Judas, they were needing the 12th uh, disciple or apostle, they basically went out and drew lots. They had two guys, and they prayed, and they said, God, show us which one of these people is meant to take the place to become one of the 12. And they reached their hand in the bag, pulled out a stick, and said, well, you got the longer stick. You know, sorry, friend. You know, you didn't make it, but hey, you're the next one. Like, it was, I mean, that's a game of chance. It's, it's literally a game of chance, but they knew that even within a game of chance, God's hand was still upon it. And so you can have 15 doors open for you and pick one. Just go through it. You know, as creatives, we have that issue. I know we've, Elaine and I, we've talked about having this issue. Well, you know, do we do this? Do we do that? Do we do this? Just walk through one. And when we get there, when we walk into this next room, we're going to evaluate where we're at and we're going to move on to the next room and to the next room and to the next room. And I guarantee at the end of our lives, when we look back, we're going to say, wow, God got us exactly where he intended to get us all along. Just like a GPS reroutes whenever you make a wrong turn, a quote-unquote wrong turn, you know, there's a lot of different ways to get to the same destination. And as long as you are pursuing a purpose, uh, or I guess God's purpose for you, you're going to get there. You're not going to make a wrong decision. As long as it's all strained through the Word of God, through His, you know, Spirit, you don't have to agonize. Because whatever choice you make, that's the right choice. But just bringing it back to all of that, it's just that's why I believe that you know God doesn't have a plan because plans fail. But a purpose is something that's inescapable. It's something that's it's in your DNA. You know, if you enjoy painting, and and people are telling you that's just a waste of time, how dare they? How dare they say that? Because that was put in you. And now you can try to twist that argument. Well, people have corrupt thoughts. You know, people paint bad things and people make music that's bad and things. And yeah, there's a lot of crappy music out mm-hmm. there. There's a lot of garbage out there, but it's still just a twisting and a manipulation of the original purpose that God had on your life. They may not be following in that purpose. And so, yes, they can get off of the path. You know, they can get off of that, uh, that, pre i guess established route that they have or whatever but even even still if they decide and i pray they do to come back into that god's gonna say hey he's gonna meet them right where they're at and everything they went through is all just a part to get them to that purpose and it's kind of like sin you know doesn't create it only manipulates creation and so i think that's an interesting thing of like there's no such thing as bad art it's just manipulated into the wrong creation i guess you know but at the root of it at the root of those those people making art everyone who's out there doing something uh there is a purpose that god placed on their life there is a calling that they have and it's it's deeper than any it it goes a lot deeper than what you feel that uh you're supposed to be doing just as in exodus how it said that the man was filled with the spirit of God with skill, intelligence, and knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic design. Um, That's ingrained in us from creation. We are the life-breathed living being 
of a creative God. And so every passion in us, in its roots, is rooted in him. It's not foolish to chase your passion. You know, there's this big argument right now. I've read a little bit about it, how, you know, a lot of people say chase your dreams. And a lot of people say uh, chase your passions. And a lot of, and then there's other people who say chase what you're good at. And the argument is, well, if you chase what you're good at, then you'll be financially stable and things like that, but your passions change. And I think that if you're good at something, you're going to learn that it is your passion. I think that to say not to chase your passion, is a, it's a very sad reality because there's a lot of things I'm good at that I'm not passionate about. And if I don't have a passion to do it, there's no way. There's no way that I'm able to do it. That kind of goes along with like going to college and stuff. Like I am really great at writing essays and research papers, but I'm not passionate about that. Right. You're really good at school in general. Yeah. Like for the most part, aside from like math and stuff, like I've, you know, I'm on the dean's list. I'm on the chancellor's list. Like I make good grades. It comes easy. Like I, for the most part, most classes I haven't had to work super hard. I'm not passionate about any of any of it you know, any of the research side of it and having to write essays based on other people's essays and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I wouldn't do that outside of school, you know? Right. And it kind of leads you to this. Would you want to do something you hated for the rest of your life? You know, no, no one would. Even if it's not your job, to give up on chasing your passion and your dreams is to give up. It's to quite literally give up on God. It's to give up on something he put in you. How dare us do that? You know, I understand that maybe uh, making music, like which is one of my passions, isn't paying the bills. I get that. But does that mean that I'm not going to give some of my time to it? Absolutely not. Because I'm going to pour my heart into my music because that is in me for a reason, and that's touching someone's life somewhere they're they're getting something from that. That is helping them in some way. You know, I have stood on stages and watched people run to the altar crying in the middle of what I thought was kind of an upbeat, you know, faster song. It's not it wasn't like a worship song or anything. We were an alternative Christian punk rock band. And people would run to the altar and cry and give their lives to God. I've had people uh I've had a, a lady come to me who said that whenever we went and and played for her when she uh, was in prison, because we pr- we played a few correctional institutions, and she said that you're the reason I'm sober. You know, what God did through you in that place is the reason I'm sober. It's why I had hope to keep fighting and to get my crap together to come out and get my life straight. Did we make money doing that? No. Did it take a lot of time away from other things? Absolutely. But we poured our heart our heart into it because we knew it's what we were supposed to do. We picked the door. We were passionate about it, and we just chose it and jumped out there and did it. And it opened up opportunities to go and do what we were created to do. Just like right now. You know, there's so much, I can look back on my life and I can see how everything has streamed together. 
I left going to school um, to be homeschooled. I gathered my few like close friends from school, so it was a purpose that I went there. In high school, we started this band. The band broke up later on, but in the process, it got me into photography. Photography is what got me into videography and got me closer to some of my other friends and got me some extra work and things like that. Uh, I started up a job at this certain place, which just happens to be where Elaine and I now run a business from. Um, photography and videography and uh, web development and everything are things I learned for the band because we needed those things and couldn't afford to have them done. And we used those things later on, and that's what helped give me the internship working at church. I worked at church for all those years, and I was a in children's ministry. I was a youth pastor. I was a worship pastor. And all of those things led me to deepen my relationship with people, to understand how to lead. It taught me how to a whole lot more about the skills that I'm already working with, you know, that we work with all the time. It taught me how to be a better musician, a better leader uh, with music and and with, you know, peers and with students. And then now coming out of that and starting to record my own music, I'm taking those skills that I learned there and applying it to this. And now doing a podcast, we're using these skills uh, even more. And so it's frustrating because sometimes I look back and I say, I'm not doing uh, some, like something that I've taken from my past. Well, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, was that a waste of time? No. It wasn't a waste of time. It wasn't a missed opportunity. I didn't go through the wrong door. I didn't make the wrong choice because God's using that. And if I would have, instead of going to work for the church, if I would have went to college like I originally intended to, God would have used that. God would have still used that because he has a purpose for my life. And I'm sure it would have somehow directed me back to my passion anyway. I don't think I would have been doing what I thought I would have been doing had I went to college. I think it would have changed dramatically. Elaine, you can attest to that a bit, I think. Well, yeah, because even in school, like I, after graduating high school, I originally went to school for forensic anthropology because like I grew up watching CSI shows and Dateline and just all of that stuff was just really interesting to me, being on the scene of the crime and doing interviews with uh, with serial killers and criminals and all this stuff. And so I went to school for that and quickly realized, like, what you see on TV is not what is in real life. And it was a lot of it was a lot of work that I wasn't willing to do. It was a very lonely aspect. And so I ended up changing to psychology and mental health and um, helping people with, through their problems and stuff. And though, like, I was still going to school like I have met people I've been able to use my new abilities through psychology to help people with their problems and stuff and I really feel like you know either way God would have used me but just because I changed my path or my plan that I had set out for myself like you know God still used that well yeah I mean it's just it's thinking like had I not been where I was and you know there was a time I was working for the church and I was completely burnt out and had it not been for those moments, I would have never sought out trying to go somewhere else to, you know, try to gain something back. And I would have never ended up on campus at Euler at a ministry there. And I never would have met you. And so it's it's amazing that 
you know, we spend so much time agging over, am I taking the right path? Am I doing the right thing? And in reality, God's just saying, pick something. Every door leads to the path I've called for you. Pick one. It doesn't matter. As long as those things are grounded in in truth, you know, and not just out there, like God's not telling you to go and do drugs. But God, you know, he's got all these opportunities available for you and all you have to do is choose one. But I think the lie that we've fallen for, the manipulation of that truth, if creation is as close to God as something can get, he is the creator, then the obvious manipulation of that would be to be stagnant. Stagnant and complacent where you're at. I mean, what better way to get you to not progress in what has been placed in you and what in the purpose you have than to convince you that it's not worth anything or to get you hung up on, well, I don't know what door to take. Because if you are, you know, if you follow Christ, there's really no hope for the enemy. You know, there's really no hope to try to steal you back necessarily. So instead of trying to knock you back, sometimes it's best just to make you sit still. Sometimes it's best just to, you know, to kill the engine. Because as long as you're not making progress, you're not going to have the um, the ability to help other people forward as well. So if you're stagnant, if you're complacent, then then you're worthless. That's where doubt and fear come into place. And if you're constantly questioning, will this actually even make a difference in somebody else's life? Or will I actually learn anything from this? Like, it stunts your growth. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how that is something that comes up so often in my mind of, is it, you know, what should I do? What should I do? And I can get so, just so caught on that. But the worst thing we can do as people who are called to create is stop creating. The worst thing we can do is sit still to get caught up, to get complacent. I've seen it happen with people so many times where they just get stuck in life. And life has a way of trying to do that to you. You know, existence, sin, uh, the nature that we're, we're involved in has a way of trying to make people complacent. You know, stagnation is a breeding ground for death. You don't want to drink stagnant water. You know, they say if you have to drink natural water, don't drink stagnant water. Drink flowing water, moving water, because it's it's clean and it's fresh, but stagnant water is rotting and decaying and stale, and it's deadly. And I think that whenever you're not pursuing your passions and what you honestly feel like you were called to do, you become dead on the inside. You become rotting. You no longer are growing and you're no longer allowing other people to grow and learn from you. I want to read a verse and we can close it out with this in Isaiah 64, eight and it's poetic. So I'm going to almost read it as a bit of a poem, but it, it, it simply says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Everyone listening to this, go out there and follow your passion. 
choose an opportunity. If there's something that is looming in front of you and you have multiple choices, if the disciples can draw sticks to pick the path that God has for them, how silly is it that we get stuck being complacent, being stagnant, trying to figure out where God is and what he wants us to do. And all along, he's just saying, pick something and I'm going to make it great. My spirit is in you. Take that and do something great. Even if you can't do it as your career or uh, full time, or if even if you're not making money, even if it's costing you money, go out and do what you're passionate about what you dream to do because that's in you for a reason. You were created to create, so do it. All right, everyone, we're wrapping it up here. As always, you can find us at therecklesspursuit.com. We have an awesome section there where you can drop us an email. You can send us a voicemail or you can just get to know us a little better. You can also find us at twitter.com forward slash underscore TRP podcast and at facebook.com forward slash The Reckless Pursuit Podcast. And as always, thank you for listening. Be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll talk soon. This week's episode is brought to you by Cedar Temple Trade Company. Cedar Temple is an apparel and home goods line on a mission to bring curiosity back to the Word of Christ with fresh, modern designs. They desire to not just spread the word, but to look good doing it. Their shirts are some of the most comfortable tees you could wear, and they're constantly adding new products and designs to the mix. Oh, and did I mention that Cedar Temple is actually Elaine's and my very own brand? Yeah, that's right. When you order from Cedar Temple, you're helping Elaine and I do what we love and continue in our very own reckless pursuit. Because we are so thankful for all of you who take the time to listen to our show, Cedar Temple is offering a 20% discount on any single item you purchase. Head over to cedartemple.com and use offer code TRPPODCAST in all caps at checkout. That's T-R-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all caps, at cedartemple.com. Now, go inspire. What's creative? What's creative? <laughs> That's not creative. You did not create that. I really just did. It came out of my, no. my mouth where it's kind of like a vibrating thing. I can't do it. <laughs> I just sound like I'm hawking a loogie. Yeah. It's in the back of your throat. Your tongue kind of. <laughs>